When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the Web3 Weekly Podcast, the most relatable and reliable NFT, crypto, and technology podcast in the nation. Today, I am lucky to be joined with Austin, otherwise known as HODLD, on Twitter for the second episode of the Web3 DGEN's Opinion Series. In today's episode, we will be discussing all things Bitcoin and get Austin's opinion on it as well as how it compares to other parts of the Web3 world. So without further ado, let's just hop right into it. So Austin, before we kind of talk about Bitcoin and your opinions and everything, do you mind to kind of give the audience a brief introduction of who you are so they uh, understand you a bit better? Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, so my name is uh, Austin. I'm uh, HODLD on Twitter. Uh, I work with uh, CoinKite. Uh, it's a company that sells a hardware, uh, Bitcoin-only hardware device. Um, we're also uh, uh, founders of the Open Dime, uh, Block Clock, and uh, many other products. Um, so basically, my role at that company is to uh, help with support. So uh, I'm I'm the guy that if you email you know support at coincat.com, you'll get me. Um, you know if if you got a shipping problem, you got a, a hardware problem, you need uh, help finding resources. Uh, I'm your guy. That's awesome. It's a uh... It's really nice to have someone on the podcast that you could say, quote unquote, works in the uh, Bitcoin industry to get your opinion on all things Bitcoin. I've de- I definitely know you uh, You are very, very bullish on Bitcoin, especially as uh, I would I would call you a Bitcoin maximalist. And the more and more <laughs> I uh, talk to you, I kind of go to the uh, I go to that side of crypto, especially with Bitcoin maximalism. I think it, uh, it makes more and more sense every time I hear people talk about Bitcoin. But um, let's say just just before just a last question before you we uh hop right into Bitcoin. What do you do for sure. fun like outside of crypto? Like say you have you you're uh, just chilling. Like what do you like to do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a big gamer, so uh, I have a nice PC that I uh, play games like League of Legends and uh, you know Valorant stuff like that. Uh, big fan of those. Um, you know, occasionally I like to uh, play guitar and uh, make a few tunes here and there. Um, with some uh, music studio apps and uh, stuff on the computer as well. That's awesome. That's uh, yeah. it's always it's always cool to see every time I have a guest on. Oh, sorry. Every every time I have a guest on, it's really cool to see uh, the wide variety of what people are into. Like it feels like everyone's different, which is really cool. And it kind of just uh, it ma- it makes podcasting, especially with interviews, makes it more uh, unique and fun. But you know what? Let's just kind of get right into to the topic at hand. Well, why we're here today? Um. Just let's start with a basic understanding of what Bitcoin is before we sure. hop into uh, our opinions on different parts of it. Do you mind to kind of just talk about what is Bitcoin? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, uh, you know, everyone's going to have a little bit of a different answer to it. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the, the problem that Bitcoin is trying to solve is, uh, you know, scarcity and uh, inflation, right? I mean, we're seeing with our, you know, fiat system today, 
um, governments kind of have control over that money, uh, at least the money system, right? You know, they can inflate uh, the supply um, as they wish. So Bitcoin is kind of an alternative to that and basically taking, um, you know, money away from the state. Um, and so, you know, they kind of have to rely on what they have rather than kind of um, rehypothecating uh, and, um, and just stuff like that. So, you know, a, a, big, a big thing that I, I, I like is the scarcity part. You know, we, we see Bitcoin at 21 million um, and that's all that, that there will be. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, we have uh, things like uh, security. So, you know, the way that the, the protocol is, um, you know, protected is through hashing with a lot of computer programs. We don't have to get into that. Um, but a lot of powerful computers basically um, secure this network. So nobody can, uh, you know, spend the funds out of your wallet unless you are the, the person with that key. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important just to... Just even though, like you, a lot of things I would assume a lot of people in the audience or a lot of people listening today um, would have a basic, very good understanding of what Bitcoin is. Just because if you're in kind of Web three, I feel like you've already heard about it. But it never hurts to just be retold what Bitcoin is, because and kind of just be retold the values of Bitcoin. And kind of talking about yeah. values of Bitcoin, what's the importance of decentralization? Kind of how it ties into Bitcoin. Yeah, great question. I mean, uh, you know, the point of, you know, separating money from state is so that people don't have control over your money, right? So uh, if we're going from one centralized uh, system, like, uh, you know, a, a government um, in control of your money to another centralized um, company or, you know, business controlling your money, then there's not really much of a difference, right? You're just letting someone else um, decide what you're going to have to do with, um, you know, scarcity and distribution and whatnot. So um, if, if it's not decentralized, then, you know, then you're just letting someone else control um, the fate of money rather than, you know, you having full control over your money. So that's that, you know, obviously decentralization is important because um, you don't the goal is to have no one control your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want, uh, especially with this being, being decentralized, it's important that uh, you can do anything, do everything on your own. You don't have to worry about a uh, third party coming to take what's rightfully right. yours but um yeah, let's well get said. yeah let's get into a little bit of a uh, little bit of opinions and some questions for kind of you personally inside of uh bitcoin and stuff but why did you really choose to become a bitcoin maximalist uh quote unquote? yeah so you know our last question was kind of talking about decentralization and uh you know obviously this is this is more of an opinion show so you know we're not taking everything for uh for, for, for fact here, you know, everyone has to do their own research. But um, the way that I kind of found Bitcoin is that um, to me, it's the only decentralized um, protocol, right? Um, we see a lot of these um, altcoins coming up, um, fairly new ones with small market caps, um, you know, a small uh, group of people that have decided what they want to do, you know, what rules they want to set and how and how they want to go about, you know, distributing their coin. Right. But ultimately, um, like I said, you know, we're we're basically moving the power away from, say, a centralized government just to another centralized business. So um, with Bitcoin, there is no, um, you know, CEO, there is no marketing team, there is no, um, you know, you know, people trying to, to push uh, to push a product. Right. It's basically more of a commodity in, in my eyes um, rather than rather than, uh, you know, an advertisement or a product. Yeah. So uh, we see a lot of that in the altcoin space, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'm just what I try and do is try and um, 
go for the more decentralized uh, part where a lot of people or a small group of people can't really uh, control um, the rules around the protocol. Yeah, exactly. And especially like you mentioned, uh, kind of altcoins and we can, uh, you can also talk about shit coins in there as well. Um, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's be, funny to see. Nice no, it's all right. I appreciate you. Uh, you you uh, keep it PG here, um, but um, yeah, especially with a lot of altcoins, they can be controlled by uh, a small group of people, and that's when pump and dumps occur, and people can put thousands of dollars in these because regular people put thousands of dollars into these altcoins because they think, oh wait, if this goes to a dollar, I'll be a millionaire. Well, if that if for some for something like Shiba Inu to go to a dollar, it'd have to have a market cap that's like bigger than like the entire crypto market with like half the stock market. Like that's impossible. Right. Like it's not going to be that big. So I think a lot of times people are kind of coked or coerced into uh, putting money into these altcoins because it's such a low price. It doesn't really feel like it can go any lower. It's like, it. Um, I think a lot of people think, well, it's not even a penny. Like how can it go below a penny? It's like, oh, definitely right. it can. It can go to almost pretty much a negative number somehow but um yeah talking more about uh obviously how you and personally invest in bitcoin do you put your money anywhere else obviously i would assume you have like a 401k and stuff like that but do you do you put your money anywhere else inside this crypto kind of arena yeah so you know my journey um in the early days i definitely did um and obviously um uh, you know invested in some altcoins um you know, like I said, early days. Um, but I, I've, I've always obviously moved a lot more towards Bitcoin. Uh, I don't really, I kind of sold off all my altcoins and put them into Bitcoin. Um, as for like 401k, I'm in Canada, so we don't really have uh, 401k. We do have pension stuff, um, but uh, I am very strictly uh, Bitcoin only. Um, we have something called a tax-free savings account. Um, I used to do a few stocks uh, here and there, uh, back in the day. But again, um, I took all that money from my CFSA and I bought a Bitcoin miner with it. So <laughs> I oh, am wow. <laughs> uh, very much into the Bitcoin and, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, it's, it's, it's just a little bit of cash on the side just so, you know, it can afford my bills. Um, but it's, it's, it's bills and Bitcoin. That's basically it. Yeah. It's really cool to see that, uh, definitely cause I'll pop in the Twitter space and you're speaking or, you're, or even you're just listening and, and I can tell like the, the spaces you join, they give very good information. I can tell you kind of live and die by Bitcoin, which is really <laughs> cool to see. And that's why I, want, I was so, I'm so excited to actually kind of get into just some Bitcoin topics and uh, we can have a little chat about just Bitcoin in general. But um, let's yeah, just, yeah, I'm ready to get right into it. So uh, let's get to the yeah. topic at hand. So first off, I think it's really important to understand why bitcoin is pretty much number one and well like let's explain let's talk about some of the differences between bitcoin and the rest of the entire kind of cryptocurrency market sure um so i, th I think a great start would be first mover first mover advantage right and we see this a lot in in the tech industry you know maybe like google or perhaps amazon with their you know online shopping um when when you're the first meter mover advantage a lot of people um, kind of put faith in that because again you're the first one on the scene you're kind of setting the tone um, and a lot of people have to kind of follow in in your footsteps um, so you know as we're seeing even in the in, even in this past bull run right we saw we see bitcoin kind of lead 
it, it goes up and then altcoins follow. And then as you know, uh, last summer, there was a China ban uh, in, in Bitcoin mining. You know, Bitcoin went down, altcoins followed, um, right? So it, 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 it kind of does have this uh, shadowing effect over a lot of these altcoins uh, because they're trying to um, kind of succeed um, following Bitcoin, right? So first mover advantage is really important. Um, I think another thing that we can talk about is is hash power, right? I mean, we got 250 exahash on Bitcoin, I believe, um, which is, you know, millions and millions of these ASICs, which is an application-specific yeah. integrated circuit. Um, so those run in warehouses and those basically protect the network. So um, another thing can be security. Um, and then also uh, with security, that comes like decentralization, right? So um, if you're a miner, um, you're basically mining transactions for people. And if you, um, you know, you to, to mine a transaction, you need to put up a certain fee. So you put in a fee of say two, two sats per byte, that miner will take that fee and then process that transaction for you. Um, and then as soon as it goes to the mempool, it is fully immutable, right? So there's another uh, thing that we can talk about, immutability, right? So um, if with, with a centralized uh, company or business, um, they can go in, they can do what is called a reorg or a double spend, and they can essentially, you know, take your coins away from the wallet that you think that you have the coins in and spend it somewhere else without your permission. So it's just talking about, you know, security, immutability, you know, permissioned versus permissionless, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think another uh, why I think Bitcoin is so important to kind of the Web3 world or just uh, kind of just the world in general is that mm -hmm. with something just like you said permissionless um like you, you it's important to give power back to the people especially with the pro there's so many banks and everything like there or uh big institutions out there that really don't give you power uh with your money and they kind of can control whatever they want to do with it and uh if they want if they wanted to they could probably uh take money out of or take money from you pretty much um whether yeah. it's through fees or many different ways but with bitcoin you you can't like they're they can't come to you and force you to do something because they don't own it no one can control it unless right. somehow the network completely shuts down which is a very very unlikely thing right you need all the miners in the world to essentially shut off which is which is yeah very hard because we we know of some that are even like in volcanoes and underground and yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna it'll be really tricky to get those off but you put you touch on a great point you know remittances uh, is a great thing right like cross-border payments extremely hard to do um, in the legacy system maybe not extremely hard but comes with a lot of fees um, and you know uh, you know hop between different intermediaries but yeah with Bitcoin you can literally walk across the border with a piece of paper and have millions of dollars on it right you don't you know, I mean you know obviously mm -hmm. we don't want to talk about um, you know, there's certain laws that we we need to respect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for people fleeing a country or something, having a small piece of paper or you know a hardware device like a cold card um, is a lot easier than bringing a bunch of bricks of gold <laughs> across the border. Yeah. Or that... or trying to go through like the Western Bank or something, right? And then paying a bunch of fees, and they may not accept that transaction. So yeah, the permission versus permissionless is very important. As well. Yeah, that's another reason why I kind of recently I became more and more into kind of the bitcoin message and the future of it well i, I mean i've always been i've been investing in bitcoin for about almost a year and a half 
but most recently, especially with kind of the Russia-Ukraine crisis and how they were getting funded through Bitcoin, and especially with uh, kind of your home country in Canada when the truckers protested, protests were getting funded with Bitcoin and everything. That gave, that made me even more bullish on the power Bitcoin has because no one could control those people getting money that they needed to support themselves. And like even I, I think um, Justin Trudeau tried to like stop them or they canceled the GoFundMe and then boom, Bitcoin made up for it. So it was pretty cool right. to see. And that's just another example. Like I, I always try to find the most practical use cases for something like Bitcoin. And it's cool to see that it's uh, constantly being used as a form of payment, which is a really good thing since people are constantly talking about how either Bitcoin's a scam or it's just fake money or why would you want right. internet money when you can have something tangible? But um, can, can you kind of, let's talk about like what, what are we, when someone says uh, or someone disagreeing with the Bitcoin message and they say, why would we want internet money? Why would we want something that is intangible? Like, what do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to, to keep it simple and uh, pardon my French, it's unfuckable money, right? So <laughs> going back to the part where, um, you know, like you were talking about Justin Trudeau here in Canada, um, yeah, basically froze a bunch of um, bank accounts, right? And so, you know, a lot of people kind of woke up and realized, wow, the, the money in my bank account really is it mine or is it just am i allowing or, or is my government allowing you have permission to use your own money <laughs> right right exactly it's, it's not is it your money or is it their money that they're allowing you to use right yeah. so um you know that you know that that really spoke to a lot of people and um yeah the trucker thing was awesome um, i think it was a real world example of how bitcoin can really be used because we can talk hypotheticals over twitter spaces a lot um, but until we see it and um, need it really in the real life, um, people don't really understand it, right? Like, I think a lot of people in third world countries really um, can understand unfuckable money a lot more than, you know, say us in a first world country because we haven't really had restrictions on our money, right? We haven't seen those things um, in our daily lives and how, how corrupt a lot of uh, some of these governments and um, big companies, big corporations are. So, um, yeah, I think, like I said, the uh, trucker thing and Justin Trudeau freezing bank accounts, that really opened up a lot of people's eyes and, and found a use case for Bitcoin for them. So so it really helped onboard a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's really important, especially with uh, uh, all the truckers kind of needing, needing to open a wallet or whatever to uh, be able to support themselves for how long was that protest? Do you, do you kind of remember? Yeah, it was it was about a month. Um, it was, uh, between, uh, January and February. So it was a little chilly, but I don't think it was like, you know, freezing cold. Um, they had, they had some nice weather, thankfully. Um, but yeah, no, it, it went on for quite a while. And, uh, you know, obviously with, with, uh, the law system that we have up here, it, it, some of the Bitcoin did get frozen, right? I mean, um, the way that things are implemented is also uh, tricky because, you know, you really want to keep people private as well. Um, when you're giving people um, this Bitcoin, because um, the government's not going to want that, right? <laughs> I think yeah. we, I think they raised uh, like 40 Bitcoin, or you know, between oh, wow. 20, and, 20 and 40 Bitcoin. It was quite a lot. So um, I think they gave it out to about 90 truckers. So you know, it, I don't think everyone got a piece of the pie, but the majority did, and that was the goal, right? Um, it wasn't um, super. Uh, like it, it was, it was. It's very hard to plan these things, right? Because you know, you see videos of people receiving Bitcoin on Twitter 
and then now their face is on Twitter and now you know the cops say oh we saw that you got Bitcoin from this guy you know how did you get that and you know here's a bunch of questions and stuff like that so I think um, you know privacy is really important when it comes to to things like this too because um, you know obviously the government or big corporations like big banks are not going to like um, you giving away a lot of money for free with no tax implications right so um, taxes are important I think everyone should pay their taxes but um, you know when you're going up against the government it's, it's, it's a little tricky and nuanced right it's not uh, not plain Jane and uh, white and black or black and white <laughs> yeah there's a lot of uh, there's many many different reasons why someone would want to uh, own Bitcoin there just like you said it's not black and white there's not only yeah. one reason there it's not either a yes or no it's like you don't have to fully dive in you don't have to dump your entire retirement into Bitcoin you can yeah. you can it's an it's a new asset class it's not supposed to it, it, it Bitcoin can become uh, new money, but it, or obviously it has been, but Bitcoin doesn't have to become the money. There's so many different options, especially with uh, the increase of the Lightning Network and not only just kind of just regular money that people have been using forever, which we can we could go down a rabbit hole of how the how many governments are kind of destroying their monetary system with the mm-hmm. increased money printing and. So talking about scarcity, especially when uh, uh, with a massive inflation and how governments are kind of going crazy with the money printer and not really caring about the future of the, 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 the buying power of their dollar, how important is Bitcoin that there's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin ever? And how important is that Bitcoin is scarce? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, a lot of people have a different definition of, you know, Bitcoin versus a hedge against inflation, you know, store value, stuff like that. Um, but I, I do I do think that it is a, a great hedge against debasement or inflation, uh, depending on the way you see it. Um, you know, we saw with the Fed uh, when, you know, money printer go burr, um, that when they started, you know, issuing uh, a lot of easy money, a lot of uh, very small interest on uh, loans, um, that Bitcoin did, in fact, go up quite a lot, right? Um, as easy credit and money gets pumped in the system, um, so do uh, risk on assets. So, um, you know, what's the risk on asset? Um, basically, it's something like a like a house or uh, stocks or you know alt- altcoins, Bitcoin, um, just just speculative um, things. Maybe not speculative, but um, you know you know things that rely on liquidity. So as liquidity is being pumped into the market, um, those those things will go up, right? And then as we saw uh, in the last few months, you know, the Fed kind of mentioned, hey, you know, uh, there's a lot of easy money in the system. We definitely did print a lot of money. You know, we gotta we gotta ease back. We gotta we gotta pump on the brakes a little bit, um, and then which is called quantitative tightening, which basically pulls liquidity from um, risk on markets, um, and then we saw a lot of that decline, right? So um, to, to, to the point about, you know, it being a risk, uh, a hedge against inflation, I think long term it is because as more money is continually being printed, that is being eaten up by Bitcoin and and other, um, you know, risk on assets. But a, a lot of it is being pumped into Bitcoin um, because that liquidity needs somewhere to go. And as people um, put more faith in Bitcoin and say, hey, look, our government is being dumb 
and printing a bunch of money and you know inflating our prices of groceries inflating our prices of housing you know all that um, they're gonna want to go to something that does not increase uh, in supply over time and that that usually a lot of people find the store value aspect um, in that yeah I think that's really important for uh, kind of get them to get to get the message out of Bitcoin that there will only ever be 21 million and if you own one Bitcoin and you never sell it, it you own a certain percentage of the entire Bitcoin supply forever. Like it's not going to change unless yeah, for sure. more people. And then if the only thing that can happen really is if people lose Bitcoin, then you have even then you have something that's even more valuable because now you even have a, a higher percentage of the quote unquote active Bitcoin. We'll say, but um, talking about yeah. kind of especially with like the future of Bitcoin and. Obviously, if you're holding one Bitcoin, you're a pretty lucky man. But uh, let's let's talk about, especially with the proof of work aspect of Bitcoin. A lot of people talk about, especially people that are very pro either Ethereum or Solana or whatever other cryptocurrency that uses proof of stake. A lot of people, and honestly, just Bitcoin haters in general, a lot of people talk about how uh, proof of work either uses too much energy, is bad for the environment, is too slow. Like, what's your kind of opinions on when those comments are made about Bitcoin? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I guess I guess to start out, I, I would definitely send uh, the listeners to a link called endthefud.org. Uh, it, it's a great way to take a look at some articles that kind of um, maybe counteract that argument because I, I think those are fair arguments to be made, right? I mean, we... We use a lot of energy and, um, you know, as, as first world countries, we use a lot more energy than third world countries. Um, but a great, but a great stat to bring up is, you know, as, as more, as a country, um, expends more energy, the actual, um, you know, living situation, uh, sorry, I can't, uh, I don't know the word exactly, but, um, standard living, thank you. Uh, it goes up. So as more energy is expended, the, the, the standard of living actually does go up as well. So, so energy expenditure in general isn't really a bad thing. Um, but, you know, there are, there are better ways to expend energy. You know, you can use um, things like nuclear energy. Uh, I'm not sure if you're uh, too keen on that one, but uh, I'm a big uh, I know for nuclear it can, energy. Uh, it, no, I know it's a very, very good source of energy. Obviously, I don't know the yeah. intricate details of it, but I know it's a good way to... Uh, kind of reduce our like coal production and stuff like that and turn to something else yeah. that can be used yeah exactly and uh so so bitcoin in general um is is ag- agnostic to energy right basically it takes the cheapest energy that you can find and it hashes it and turns it into economic value so um saying that oh you know bitcoin is bad for the environment well no coal plants might be bad for the environment you know oil plants might be bad for the environment so if if we can you know, transition our energy over to, you know, if you want to use cleaner energy, that's great. Then, you know, start start thinking about how you're going to open up a, a, a nuclear power plant. Maybe not for the average Joe. They can't, you know, do that. But maybe <laughs> at, maybe on a, a citywide scale or a countrywide scale, you know, the, the big thought leaders in those countries can can come up with better solutions. Right. And yeah. lower the, the cost of energy. So then. Um, right. So so Bitcoin, Bitcoin isn't isn't here nor there. Right. It just takes the cheapest energy and turns it into economic value. And that's that's the incentive. Um, so, yeah, so it's a little bit of a tricky subject. Right. Everyone, you know, people are going to have arguments on both. Um, 
but I think proof of work is a great system um, for consensus and um, for securing a network um, without having too much of a governance um, in, in the middle, right? So um, my comparison would be to say uh, Ethereum with proof of stake that's coming up. Um, you know, proof of stake has its own set of issues, right? So yeah, if, like especially you, the entire network being shut down, <laughs> like uh, yeah. some like Solana. Yeah, no, yeah, that's so. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. Um, but like, uh, my my main concern with proof of stake is, you know, the the amount of coins that you stake is basically your control over the system, right? So with Bitcoin, if you have half the coins, right? Say, you know, you have uh, 12, 12 million coins, um, a little bit more than than half. You don't have control to change the rules of that system. Whereas yeah. if if you and a few buddies had you know the major uh, stake in eth then your stake in eth is basically your control over the network so you uh can can basically make or change you know rules within that system i actually so never have- i actually never thought about that that's like you make a great point because with massive coins that are being staked and they have like let's say 20 percent are in a couple wallets and obviously if that's that's probably the founders or people that got in really early right. it almost becomes semi centralized in a way because right. they can can because they can send uh the transactions through and then they can validate it and if they wanted they could do many malicious actions just because they have such a large stake that is really are they it's like almost like they're too big to uh get in trouble if that makes sense Right. Yeah. And as as a as a proof of stake system, you know, gets bigger, and you know, you see these big players staking. If even if you have you know twenty percent of the network, um, you know, you're staking say two billion dollars uh, worth of ETH or, or whatever. Over time, you're going to accumulate more ETH by staking that ETH, and then you're going to have more control. Um, but you know, obviously, that is a big topic, and I wouldn't want to blanket blanket state that um, over. You know that's that's essentially where I'm coming from, but you know, obviously, we'd happy. I would always be happy to have a conversation with anyone that would disagree on on that subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes complete sense, and especially kind of on the proof of work uh, aspect. I think there's a lot of reasons to um, have a well thought out uh, debate on why proof of work still has a place in kind of the crypto world as we do today, because there's so many people. Because especially. I deal with uh, NFTs, and I talk. I talk to a lot of people that are just working on things that are not Bitcoin, and they're always talking about the importance of proof of stake. And I, I, I find proof of stake being something very important. Like personally, I stake some of my crypto, but I obviously, I, I still think proof of work has a place in our world. And since the Bitcoin kind of platform can't uh, be switched over or anything like that, obviously, we're still going to need proof of work in kind of this ecosystem but back on the proof of work and why people and like why ethereum is moving to proof of stake is just to get faster honestly um Mm -hmm. a lot of people complain about the speed of bitcoin which bitcoin was never supposed to be an insanely fast system uh and with the uh increase of bitcoin uh lightning especially with that being built kind of with bitcoin to increase uh smaller transactions with with bitcoin do you mind kind of give a brief uh introduction of what kind of bitcoin lightning is and how it helps kind of improve and speed up the bitcoin kind of just ecosystem
Yeah, so uh, Lightning is basically uh, allowing people to make uh, you know transactions day to day, really fast, really cheap, really easy, without making um, you know the the Lightning or sorry the the Bitcoin network bloated, right? So um, my example earlier was about the the, the Visa network and how um, you know things things scale in layers. So you know when you make a Visa payment in your uh, daily grocery store. Um, you know that takes 45 days to actually settle. Um, it's not. It's not just all done right there and then. Um, there's a lot of systems that it has to go through, and a lot of checks and balances that need to go through. Um, so, so again, we were talking about Bitcoin and how, uh, you know, why it's so slow, and that's on purpose, right? Everyone needs to run a node uh, to keep that decentralized consensus going. Um, so, you know, the whole entire Bitcoin blockchain you can download. Um, literally for less than one terabyte, right? Um, a one terabyte drive is probably around 80 bucks right now. Um, and as technology gets uh, better, uh, it gets cheaper. So um, we need things to scale in layers so that um, the, the base protocol can stay um, decentralized and have a very overwhelming uh, consensus. Yeah, and can you talk about how the Lightning Network will allow the can just Bitcoin network as a whole to uh, grow. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so on Lightning Layer Two, uh, it's it's great because um, you know you're not making those transactions on Layer One all the time. So the fees are going to be a lot cheaper. Um, they can literally be subsent fees, and they can be instant because um, it's just a massive net uh, mesh network of nodes. So um, you know, if if I wanted to open up a channel. Um, I would open up a channel with Bob. I would I would set up a bunch of liquidity. So I would you know commit five hundred, you know, or five million satoshis to uh, that channel. Um, between me and Bob, uh, Bob can make make purchases or receive things, and it, it will be instantaneous and it, 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 like lightning fast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so obviously that so obviously that's great. Um, I'm, we're we're seeing that in El Salvador right now with uh, pupusa stands and. Um, other small businesses, um, you know, all you have to do is, is scan a QR code, boom, tap, um, you know, write a message saying what it's paid for or not. Um, and then within seconds, um, that, um, that business gets, gets sat, right? So it's extremely fast, extremely reliable. Um, you know, it, it's, like I said, it's a big mesh network. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's just going to um, create payments for people. Uh, in third world countries, all around the world, in first world countries, everywhere, um, extremely fast and cheap, without having to clog up the L the L one uh, Bitcoin layer, and have to wait, you know, ten minutes, twenty minutes for a transaction to go through. So, um, it just it, it you know we believe in scaling uh, solutions upwards, and you know instead of scaling solutions on the L one, we you know we're going to see L threes uh, even on top of Lightning eventually as well. Yeah, I think that's really cool. That's really important because I think uh, when you build on top of a layer one, it can obviously slow a lot of things down and just congest the server or whatever kind of uh, network it's on. But yeah, because I'm I'm a proponent of Bitcoin Lightning. I uh, have been going, starting to do a lot of research into it. Um, hopefully, this this I think this episode will drop before I do like a what is kind of Bitcoin Lightning how to because I think you can dive even deep on it or even deeper in it uh, to, to the intricate details, maybe the history of it and uh, where it's going to go from here. But 
uh, talking about where kind of Bitcoin Lightning's going from here. Let's talk about kind of just the crypto market as a whole. Um, sure. We'll kind of broaden out our topic a little bit, but uh, how do you feel about the current Bitcoin market? Like, how long have you been in this space? Have you seen other bear market cycles? Um, what's your current opinion on what's going on with the prices and everything? Yeah, so I've I've been in the space for about three years. So uh, you know, I, I kind of just I, I I bought a little bit before the run up of uh, this bull market, but I, I wasn't that committed. So you know, I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll buy a few bucks here, buy a few bucks there. Um, so I di- I didn't really get to ex- to experience um, a bear market as as you say. Um, but my my personal take on it is, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about easy money and a lot of. Um, basically zero interest loans. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of that obviously come back to real life and uh, realize, oh, there are re- repercussions for printing a bunch of money, right? Um, it's not it's not going to be easy helicopter money forever, uh, as people thought. Um, so I, I believe in cycles. You know, I think, uh, you know, obviously the crypto market as a whole is a very speculative um, market as, you know, as it's very new and uh, in its infancy. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of big players, um, including big companies, take advantage of that, right? You know, you've got yeah. your retail side and you've got your um, big corporation side. So um, someone uh, that's retail that's throwing in a few thousand bucks isn't really going to move the market. But someone throwing in, you know, millions or even billions of dollars into a market is obviously going to be able to maneuver and, you know, the price to their will. Uh, if you, you know, to an extent, right? It's not mm-hmm. not. Uh, again black and white but um they will have a lot of more sway so uh we see a lot of people in the beginning of a bull market pile on pile on pile on leverage up you know leveraging is basically you know if you have a hundred dollars you can leverage 10x so now you have a thousand dollars yeah and then so if, think, that, if you go belly up you're uh, pretty screwed <laughs> right right so if it go you know but if it goes down two percent then yeah you get liquidated or whatnot um so, you know, big players also leverage. So, you know, if they have millions of dollars and they leverage up, now they have, you know, you know, 10 times the amount of money they have, which is a lot. So um, I think we're just seeing a lot of that money that we think is there, right? It's, it's more of a fake money because it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of futures contracts and levered money. So uh, we may think a market cap of something is, you know, 500 billion, but really um, half of it's leveraged. So it's really only 300 billion actually. Um, yeah. So just just stuff like that. So I think we're seeing a lot of that easy money getting pulled out of the system because loans are, are costing a lot more now. Interests are rising. People have to pay back their debts. So, um, you know, this is more of a risk off uh, environment as we're seeing it with uh, quantity, quantitative tightening. Um, but, you know, I think in the future, um, you know, these markets will become less volatile, right? As as uh, the market cap of a uh, product or whatever um, increases, um, it will become a little less volatile, right? Like if we were sitting at a $10 trillion market cap like gold, we're not going to see an 80% retracement back down to, you know, say a $2 trillion. Oh, yeah. Um, I completely right? agree. Because so, it's kind of like yeah, when, so, obviously, like 10, let's say 20 years ago, Apple stock it was a lot more volatile than what it is today just because there's an insane amount of more money into the company and it's worth a lot more and there's less just trading going on because like obviously there's probably more total volume of apple stock being traded but you're not going to see it drop five ten percent uh on a dime just because something happened like it's it's a secure company people believe in it 
right yeah as as a company or you know a commodity uh is is out in the open for a lot longer you know people start to put their faith in it and then they start to you know hold it more and then they see a dip they say ah you know it, it's just a little dip right um but now yeah you know obviously things are a little crazy in our world people think the apocalypse is coming you know <laughs> house prices are skyrocketing you know interest rates are going through the roof um you know we're at the the end of time you know so people are kind of freaking out and yeah. a lot of a lot of markets trade emotionally so um mm-hmm. people are kind of running to cash even though you know we believe cash is trash um people still find value in it because everything else is a risk on yeah. and to them right now cash is risk off exactly and that's another reason why obviously like I'm a younger guy I haven't been here for uh the 2008 recession where like I was alive but like I I don't really remember it and I can't really talk about it but all I know is that when there's people in any market just talking about how the end is near sell everything that's when you need to start putting your nose to the grindstone and do the research Absolutely. when you need to start looking to okay should I make a play here just because if everyone's just calling it stupid right now and it's the same thing uh they were calling great when it was 60 69,000. What went wrong? And guess what? Nothing's different. So right. other other than the number on the screen when you go on coin market cap or you go on your uh trader trader view like it's 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 still the same thing. So that's another reason why I'm so bullish on uh Bitcoin because that's obviously my biggest position but I'm going to continue to purchase bitcoin obviously this is not financial advice we're just two dudes that uh <laughs> enjoy talking about crypto but i obviously um have future outlooks for other cryptocurrencies um uh, whether it be Solana ETH or even farther down all coins but it's just sure. something i i i think a lot of people can understand especially in your kind of realm is that there's a security with bitcoin it feels more secure it's been here long it's made it through all the other bull and bear uh markets the cycles and everything and it it has it's going to stay i i truly believe because there's nothing can shut it down it's not a rug pull or anything like that people feel safe in bitcoin people feel secure and it just makes me even more bullish as a whole like i'm just kind i just can't wait for the future of bitcoin and what it becomes and especially i keep doing more research and there's this big company like Nidig that's getting banks to partner with them to uh onboard bitcoin to their customers there's so just so much stuff going on and it's like wow this can uh really be something so i'm very Absolutely. very excited just to uh just to comment on the the 69k top right i mean when you know you commented you know people are are talking about how bitcoin's dead oh it's going to zero you know we're you know you can you can that's that's an early indicator of a of a a bear market obviously mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah like you know it's tiktok next block it doesn't matter if if bitcoin is 100 bucks or or $1000 or $100,000 it's still doing the same thing it's been doing for the past 13 years right it's been taking minor fees and uh block subsidies and and processing transactions every single 10 minutes um for the past uh 13 years right it's been consistent and nothing has changed except for the price and you know obviously people trade emotionally so they're they're thinking about the price but just as you know people were calling for 100k near 69k you know we're seeing people call for uh you know 10k as we're around 20 20k so you know it, it, you know it, it's it's it goes really both ways it goes both ways exactly right you know it, it and you know we can't predict the market who knows it might go down there 
but yeah, you know, um, you know, I try not to be the contrarian, but it is funny to see, um, you know, crypto Twitter um, talk so talk so poorly about you know Bitcoin when it's down. But yeah, you're right. You know, when it's when it's up, people are like, oh, it's going to the moon. You know, it's it's up forever. <laughs> so um, yeah, something to yeah. keep in mind, obviously, for sure. Yeah, um, I think the the future is very bright for the majority of cryptocurrency well maybe not honestly maybe not the majority i take that back i it's 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 bright for certain cryptos especially bitcoin and the top ones that will actually have utility and have a use case for it but obviously i really really enjoyed this conversation i can't wait to continue to follow you whether you're speaking in a twitter space or just posting on twitter and if anyone in the audience would like to be like me and follow you uh on twitter where can they find your uh, social media yeah, absolutely. So uh, my Twitter account is at HODLD, um, and that's where you can find me. I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, if you want to purchase any of our products at CoinKite, uh, you just got to go to um, CoinKite.com. Um, we have a bunch of documents and resources, and then as well as our store site where we sell uh, the Mark III, Mark IV, uh, Block Clock. Uh, we have a new Block Clock Micro coming out soon. It's like a little desk thing, which would be nice. Um, we got uh, Open Dimes. And then Sats card and Tap Signer will be coming out soon as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, I can't thank you again. And obviously, if uh, anyone listening in the audience today, go check all that stuff out. And also, thank you so much for listening today. You are the whole reason we are here. But I do have one more question question for you. And if anyone yeah. is a uh, repeat kind of fan of the podcast, they'll understand this question. But if you could have any superpower. What would it be, and why would you want it? Ooh, that's a great question. It's it's funny how many how many times I'll ask that question again, and it throws a lot of people off. Yeah, it's like something I never really thought about. No, it's a good <laughs> question. Uh, you know, I I think it'd really be cool to uh, to to live uh, forever, but at the same time, I find that that might be a blessing and a curse. So I feel like you know, I, get, I, I, I get pretty bored. Yeah, so like you know, I want to see how this whole Bitcoin thing plays out. You know, I want to be part of the Bitcoin hyperization. But um, at the same time, you know, I know I can only live you know around a hundred years, hopefully. Um, so I may not, I may not be able to see that, but at least I can be, um, you know, one of those people to uh, start the revolution. So um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I guess maybe that one, or uh, you know, teleporting. You know, teleporting would be pretty cool. Yeah, you you can never go wrong with a. Uh... You can never go wrong with the ba- the superpowers of the teleportation, flight, or like super yeah, speed. You can never go exactly. wrong. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much again for coming on the podcast, taking time out of your day to uh, be be on the second ever episode of the Web Three Degens Opinion Series. Um, I think this is really important for especially the content I create. I think this kind of series is important because it's chill, laid back, and there's a lot of education with it as well. And I'm hopefully this, these episodes can help the viewers either change their opinion, form an opinion, form an educated opinion, or kind of just understand more about whatever going on and whatever the topic is at hand. But if anyone in the audience today obviously uh, would like to support us, feel free to follow any of our social medias. It is at Web3WeeklyPod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you did enjoy today's episode, feel free to leave us a like, hit us up, uh, send us a message, tell us what we did wrong, tell us how we can improve, or tell us what you liked about the podcast. I'm always open to uh, constructive criticism and everything like that because I'm here to serve you all and the only way I'm going to get better is by 
listening from you all. But also, feel free to share this podcast with some of your friends, like the podcast on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to, and also leave five stars. That goes a very, very long way. I don't think anyone can, I can't even explain how important uh, receiving five stars is for the algorithm, but uh, Austin, I just want to say thank you again for coming on. I've probably said it five times, and I wish I could say it even more. And would you like to say anything to the audience before you head out here today? Yeah, no, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And, you know, obviously for you for having me on, you know, I think what you're doing here is great. And the discussion is was, was great and awesome. So uh, keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I want to thank you for having me on because uh, it was a pleasure and always happy to come back on. Yeah, yeah no problem. And uh, don't worry, I'll definitely be seeing you in a space and maybe we can host a uh talking just just a twitter space someday all about yeah uh bitcoin but i've said this for the past few episodes and uh uh just in every episode i've just been saying stay bullish my friends have a good one